Hey, Mark Talk listeners, special caveat at the top of the show. Due to technical difficulties, uh, there were some things going on and uh, a lot of problems recording and busy scheduling. So what you're going to hear in these two segments are from two different times. So I apologize if the uh, the timeline seems to be a little uh, inconclusive or the continuity is broken. Sorry, that's just the nature of the game. And I felt it was fair to warn you ahead of time. So please enjoy this latest episode of Mark Talk, and again, apologies for the delay. Yes, and yes, you are hearing correctly. Mark Talk has returned after a uh, not a hiatus, just a uh, just a little uh, little break. I am, of course, your fearless leader. Your fearless leader. I'm not even going to edit that out. I'm going to leave it in. Fearless leader Mark here, Mark Meyer. Uh, it's been a, it's been a month. Let's put it that way. It, it's been, uh, it hasn't been a month since I last did a show, or has it? That's how long it's been. I don't even know. Uh, it's just been a, a busy summer. It's been a busy summer, kind of the busiest one I've had in quite some time. But that's a good thing. That's a very good thing because when I'm busy, my mind is occupied with other things, uh, and you know I'm not left uh, sitting and wallowing in my own devices uh, with my own mind, thinking oh, I'm not doing enough. And you know and that's when the, that's when the dark things start uh, popping in the head. But no, no dark things. All good things. And all good things come to those who wait. And you, my audience, have waited. You've been patient. I appreciate you more than you could know. So here we are. It is, uh, you know, it's it's August. I know the 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 last show I believe was in July. Uh, it's been it's you know what it had. Let's just say it has been a month. The whole month for me to decompress after the bachelor party, decompress after uh, my buddy's wedding, decompress after the uh, Con of Thrones, that's right, I am post-Con of Thrones, decompress after all of that and also to sit sadly watching my bank account uh, reveal itself for what it is, but that's okay, that's another conversation, you know, uh, you know you're having fun when, uh, when you're just spending money, am I right, yeah, it is what it is, I'm not complaining too hard, just means that, uh, the work schedule is gonna have to, uh, you know, you kinda have to just tough it out and, and, uh, make ends meet however you can, but it's okay, Everything's fun, everything's awesome, and awesome things have been happening. So the last time I was around, I uh, talked about my buddy's uh, bachelor party. Uh, I got a little, uh, got a little sentimental, got a little uh, we, not weepy. I didn't get weepy, not here anyway. Maybe later I got weepy, um, or uh, uh, you know, off air. Maybe I got weepy. Who knows? Uh, but I got sentimental talking about, uh, you know, my thoughts and, uh, you know, what, what, uh, the trip meant to me and what it meant to me, uh, just the overall 
overall feelings about love and companionship and uh, where I'm at personally in my life, you know, where am I going? That's that's always the question. Like, where is this going? Where am I going? What, what, what am I doing? Always, always full of those questions, but... Uh, but now we are uh, we are in the time where the wedding has occurred. I was lucky enough to be a part of that wedding. It was beautiful. Uh, I'm not sure if my buddy Terry and his uh, his lovely bride Brittany. I don't know if they'll listen to this show, but if they do, to the both of you, I, I, I uh, just reiterating what I told you several several times. Uh, the wedding was lovely, beautiful. I love you both. And I was very, very happy and proud to be a part of it. Uh, good times, very good times. Um, and it wasn't, uh, you know, it was, it was, it was an outdoor ceremony. Which, uh, as soon as we arrived, and I, I arrived fully dressed. I didn't, I didn't uh, change when I got to the venue. I just arrived, ready to, ready to party, as it were. And. Um, I'll be honest with you. I was uh, when I, when I started watching uh, everything get set up outside the venue where the ceremony was going to take place. I got a little worried because it has been a brutally hot summer. It is a cruel, cruel summer indeed. Cruel to uh, if you have problems in humidity. Uh, yeah then you've had problems uh, uh, this summer because the humidity has been ghastly. Absolutely terrible. Especially if you live in the south. Or maybe not. Maybe maybe it's just bad everywhere. I don't want to you know, uh, uh, discriminate. We'll just say it's bad everywhere. But certainly bad here. So I got a little nervous when I was like, oh boy, we're going to be in these in these suits out there the humidity you know I just uh, and this is stupid but I uh, I was kind of proud of where I got my uh, my due if you know me for any extensive period of time you know that I have issues with my hair um, I don't like it I don't want to shave it because my head is weird um, so I just kind of have to I have to tame it the best way I can, and sometimes it cooperates, most times it doesn't. It never wants to do the same thing twice, so that's a problem. Uh, but I was really proud of myself where I where I had it styled that day, and you know, I was just kind of standing outside in that humidity for a little bit, and I go, okay, great, yeah, this uh, everyone get a get a good look now because this is not gonna last, and it surely didn't. Um, and it really didn't when the ceremony, uh, continued in, inside when, you know, we got our drink on and we got our dance on. Now I'm not a good dancer per se, but I like to do it because it's fun. It's fun to do and it's fun for people to see me look like an idiot. And, uh, you know, you play the right jam and I'm going to dance all night. So I danced. And I danced, and it was hot, and you can put two and two together there. So, <laughs> my my dude didn't have a chance, but it was okay because I had a great time. I had a blast uh, spending it with uh, people that I love and care about. So, the wedding, suffice it to say, was a success. I think 
and uh, the bride looked lovely. Uh, the groom, you know, he just he 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 brought he brought it. You know, he he brought it. He, he looking fresh in that suit. But everyone seemed to compliment the dress, uh, and I know that's what you're supposed to do at weddings. You're supposed to compliment the bride and her dress and how the dress is supposed to look. And the, you know, and I get it. But it, sometimes you, you feel like I wonder how sincere people are being when they say, "Oh, the dress, you're, you look lovely. The dress is lovely." Blah blah. blah. It's like, are you really being sincere, or are you saying that because you have to? And I'll be honest with you unanimously across the board even uh, from pictures of uh, uh, that I posted uh, from people that ha- didn't even know these people unanimously across the board everyone was like my god that dress is beautiful so so Brittany if you do listen to this uh, just know that everyone loved your dress you nailed it you know, you you absolutely nailed. It. I think I told you that uh, the I snuck a dance in with the bride. I had to. I told Terry, I was like, no, 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 no. I get one. Let me get one. You know. And uh, I think I told her. I said, I, I think you nailed it on this dress. I think you nailed it. And sure enough, just across the board, she nailed it. Lovely ceremony. Lovely people. Uh, lovely time. So yeah, that's uh, you know that uh, kind of makes the whole uh, the trip, the whole preparation, everything just seem really worth it. And I was, like I said, very very fortunate to be a part of that. And hey, looking forward to being a part of the next one. Whoever, whomever wants to uh, 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 kindly invite me to their weddings, you know. I get invited to a lot, but I don't get to be a part of a lot of weddings. So you know, so this one was this one was extra special. Not to mention, you know, it's it's a buddy of mine who I've been friends with for a very long time, and uh, you know, you know, he and I have been through a lot together. So it was it was nice to see him make the, uh, you know, take the journey, take this the the next step in his journey. Very happy for them both. So that was the wedding but before that before we could even go through with all of the uh just the wedding happened not even that long ago but before that i attended con of thrones in nashville the the game of thrones convention in nashville this is their third annual con of thrones uh i didn't go last year because it was in Dallas, and uh, I said, yeah, I'm not going to make it to that one, unfortunately. The first year it happened, I didn't even know about it until it was already happening. And it took place here in Nashville, and I'll be honest with you, I was really, really upset about that. Not happy, because that it was like, you couldn't have made a convention that was specifically designed for me. I mean, you, you just it was right there on a platter right there in my backyard and then right there just I, it, something that I absolutely love if there was ever a convention that I just absolutely must be at must attend it's this one but I didn't know about it back then so I was just when it happened and I didn't get to be a part of it I was really pissed off uh really sad so I vowed that the next year oh I'm going but it was in Dallas and I said yeah I can't go however the moment those tickets went on sale for this year, it said, we're coming back to Nashville. Um, 
I got on there like the day of, and I got me uh, the, the the super cool, awesome Valyrian passes. The uh, base they're supposed to be like the upper tier. Now, in my mind, I was thinking, oh, these are the VIP passes. I, not really. They weren't really. That's kind of my only beef with uh, the convention. Like I got, I got lots, lots of good things to say about it. But if I had to make a little bit of a criticism, you know, I got, a, I got a Valyrian pass, which was their highest tier. So you know, you, you know, pay the most money for it. And I thought, okay, cool. Well, I'm gonna get this because I don't want to miss out on anything. I wanna, I wanna have like the the full VIP treatment. And now I don't know, maybe different conventions vary, but my, my idea of VIP treatment was a little bit different. Um, oh, sure, I got to sit up close in the main hall when they did a panel. Uh, but, you know, up close is a, is a relative term considering the stage is where it is and then you got a barricade and then you got you know you've got an additional three feet of space you know where they gotta you know move through and so up close is yeah like I said it's relative um and then of course I thought okay well if I get a Valyrian pass then that means I will be uh you know they'll give me Included in this will will come with a lot of perks. Like, I'll be able to get a uh, an autograph slash photo op pass, you know, that comes with it. And that wasn't so much either. Matter of fact, uh, I still had to pay additionally for that. Um, they did give you did get like this promo code, which got you like thirty thirty dollars off. But I mean, that's still it's like you know seventy dollars that I'm having to pay and then I've got to make sure and pick a time frame uh, because you know they, they have different sections because so many people want either a photo slash autograph or one or the other and then if you want an autograph you uh, you either have something they, they can sign or you buy something at the convention hall which I had to do which also was additional so you know and look I get it I I understand that this is how conventions go nothing is free everything costs something but it's like I kind of see what you're doing here but I was more I was more kind of let down because I was I was under the impression with a Valyrian pass because they made such a show of it with the Valyrian pass that you will get all of these perks and I go well my perks were not really all that different from everybody else's perks. Not really. So I don't know. It just kind of kind of left me wanting a bit. So that was that was kind of a bummer. But you know, it is what it is. But all in all, my experience was fantastic. I got to meet so many people. And I got to interact with so many people, a lot of whom I am either familiar with, I'm a fan of, uh, I'm just, or I was, or I had never heard of before. And now I'm like, what, where, what, where have I been? You know, where, where have I been? Where have you been all my life? You know what I mean? I was very fortunate to, uh, 
to meet with uh, the YouTube group, The Normies. Got to talk with them. They, if you if you know them on YouTube, uh, or if you don't, you should. They do a lot of reactions to a lot of different TV. Most notably, I think, though, is their Game of Thrones reactions. Um, but that's not all they do. They do all kinds of reactions. It's, it's pretty pretty fantastic. It's a whole big group of them. And if I'm not mistaken, I believe at least the majority, if not all of them, uh, well, no, it wasn't all of them, but the majority of that group was there at the convention. And I remember I was talking to a few of them and I said, are you guys doing a panel? They said, no, no, we're just here. Just here to hang out and to enjoy the convention and just experience it. And I was like, that is really cool. And they weren't alone. There were there were several others. Uh, I believe the guys over at uh, Blind Wave were there. Uh, Shantang Top and uh, a few of the others from Watchers on the Bar, uh, which is one of my favorite reaction channels. Uh, saw them, kind of passed them the hallway. Like, hey, I love you guys. Love love the channel. Like, thank you. That was a good time. Uh, got to meet uh, one of my. Uh, 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 well, I was about to say my biggest fan. No, 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 no. I'm her biggest fan. Uh, got to meet Sam from the Cry Wolf podcast. That was super. Got to hang out with her uh, as much as I possibly could because she is a delight. She's awesome. If you follow me on social media, you already know I've, I've posted about it. Uh, but then I, you know, I got to play games with uh, the Wolf and the Crows, you know, the famous extras from the documentary The Last Watch, uh, detailing the last season of Game of Thrones. They were there, got to hang out with them. Uh, Andy and I got to play Family Feud style against uh, his his other buddies, the Crows. And I still say we got robbed, but that's okay. That's okay. I was actually more interested in partying with those guys than anything, and uh, and we did. We did on one of the nights. That was a very good time. I uh, got to see uh, a buddy of mine who I haven't seen in a long, long time. He was there volunteering his services. That was really cool to hang out with him. Uh, and yeah, and then, the, you know, we had we had the, uh, the, the celebrities. We had the guest appearances from members of the show. Uh, Hannah Murray. Gilly herself. The, the, the wildling turned... Uh, turn well I guess guess she didn't she wasn't turned into a lady but I don't know but the wildling turned uh just uh you know regular northern lady I guess I don't know Sam's Gilly Hannah Murray was there she uh she was very sweet very it was really cool uh getting to see her uh answer questions and interact with people um Jerome Flynn our favorite sellsword, Braun. Jerome Flynn, I think, stole the show. Uh, every word out of that guy's mouth was just nothing but comedy. And if he wasn't speaking, he he would he would have the, these facial expressions on his face, and just just killed, just slayed the uh, the audience. It really did. Uh, what a funny, funny guy. And it was interesting hearing some of the things that he said, um, because you know he he. He had no desire to be uh, like a star or an actor. You know, he tried. To, he was a musician, and that didn't work out. So he, uh, you know, he went another way. And by chance, by luck, 
he got this role and that role has just, you know, it's, it's changed his life. I think it's changed ours too, because Braun in the books is, you know, I don't even know if I could call him a supporting character. I mean, he is obviously, but he's just kind of when he's, he's either there, but then he's not there. And it's, it almost doesn't matter. Sometimes he has a few quips, but nothing like Jerome, like Jerome on the show or Braun on the show is just a force. And that has to do with a lot of it based on his performance and his charisma. And then a lot of it has, and I know this is a shocker, a lot of it are the writers. I know. Everyone likes to likes to shit all over the writers, but I'm not gonna I'm not gonna go into that here. It's fine. But uh, I'm just saying, maybe you ought to give him a little more credit than uh, than you're giving him. Interesting thing Jerome said, uh, you know, he kind of he kind of told this story uh, or somebody asked him a question that I think we were all kind of hoping no one would ask him because it's it was a personal it's a kind of a personal question about, uh, you know, his personal life and maybe someone else involved with the show. And to his credit, he just he just straight up addressed it and goes, look, here's the thing. Don't believe everything you read because you want the truth of it. Here's the truth of it. And he said it straight up and he just said, look, he's like, I know, I know what people like to say, but that's not, you you can't always trust, uh, certain things that you're reading about people. And that one hit me hard because it was like, shit, he's right. You know, where's the, where's the line? What line do we have to cross and what line should we just not? Because can anybody be trusted? Can any sources be trusted whatsoever? What is fact? What is fiction? I don't know. Does anyone ever truly know? Especially when it comes to people that we admire that are in the spotlight. We don't know these people's lives. Not really. It's made easier now through the uh, development of social media. Twitter, Instagram, you know, even Facebook. You know, you can, uh, if, should these people decide to share it, you have a little insight into what their lives are actually like. But deep down, you got to think, you don't really know. Because there are people that aren't even celebrities that have a uh, false appearance on their social medias. All those Instagram models, male or female, doesn't matter. You know, they put on that brave face. They don't even have to be models, just people in general. And it always looks like, uh, you know, their life is exquisite. They're smiling. You know, look at all these, look at these pretty places I've been to, blah, 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 blah. And, you know, you think, wow, they, they're really living it up. Good for them. But you, but that's, you come to find out a lot of that's just false. There is so much falseness happening in the, you know, the social media realm we can pretend that uh, we are doing well when deep down we're not and that's not the beauty of social media that's kind of the the burden because people feel like they can't be honest with themselves anymore that their their true selves are not good enough so they have to put on uh, you know a a false identity 
they have to make their lives seem more more busy, more exciting than they actually are. And I guess they just expect the world to accept that. To accept that I am putting on a front. I'm projecting the image of how I want you all to see me versus how I actually am. And look, I get it, but it's still sad, you know, and I really, and I wish people wouldn't do it, but they do, you know, celebrities unfortunately have the worst of it because they have to always look like, uh, they're doing fine. Even when they're not, uh, public image is literally the game and the public image of themselves has to be, you know, in the positive. It's a shame, you know, but I mean, you you also, you don't want to see a celebrity doing poorly. You know, you don't want it because that's, that's not going to, that doesn't help anybody. For me, I just, I just rather people just be honest, just be honest with yourself, be honest with uh, who you are. Look, I get it. I, you know, I struggle with self-esteem. I always have. So I understand not wanting to uh, let people see the real you or being ashamed of uh, the real you. But at the same time, isn't it better to be real than to be fake? Because you can only be fake for so long. You can only pretend for so long. You can only go so so far with pretending before it's just an outraged lie. But maybe that's just me. Maybe that's a conversation for another day. But back to the con. We got a a con regular, Miltos, and I'm, you know, blanking on his last name and and how to pronounce it, and I I apologize. But you know him as Cyril Farrell, the the water dancer that teaches Arya how to sword fight in the beginning. Uh, Fan favorite. He apparently is a mainstay at these conventions, and I can see why. Because that dude's got charm for days. And he's very intelligent, and he's very, uh, seems very, very much a very, uh, ch- chipper chap, <laughs> if I may say. And he even had a segment, uh, in the convention where he taught water dancing. So you could take, uh, you know, like basic fundamentals of, uh, sword play based on the things that he learned because his mentor uh who apparently was this this phenomenal uh Hollywood uh fencing uh choreographer and Miltos got to learn from him before he passed away and so by teaching these uh water dancing courses it's almost in a way that he's he's uh miming his mentor it's it's like it's a tribute and I thought that was beautiful. It's a beautiful story and it's a beautiful thing what he's doing. And it's just fun. I didn't participate, but I watched it and I got a lot of footage. So I said, this is great. It's a great thing. Um, and then, of course, the headliner was Nicola Costervaldo. Old Jamie Lannister, the Kingslayer, the Oathbreaker. 
or as I call him, the Shot Caller, because if you haven't seen Shot Caller, he is amazing in that movie, and I will keep talking about it until it gets its just due like it deserves. Go see that movie. It's awesome, and he's awesome. But I'll tell you, Nikolai, he, he uh, his his presence on screen is is so demanding, and he's got such a way about him uh, that when I saw him in person, I go, "Huh, interesting." He just uh, he just looks like a guy, just uh, you know, an average, just average everyday guy. And maybe that's the point. I don't know. And I wasn't let down by that. I was just kind of surprised. I go, okay. Yeah, he just seems like a dude. And he got up on stage and he was talking and you know, and I've and I've heard him talk uh on, you know, in interviews and stuff before. So I know I know what he's like. But you can see why he might get this role. Because that dude is just I mean, the joke is he looks like Prince Charming. He is Prince Charming. That's just a, a, a dude's full of charm. All the charm. And very funny. He's a very funny guy as well. At one point, he had to uh, he had to take a phone call from his wife. And at the same time, uh, he uh, somebody from Denmark, his uh, home country, asked him to do a special greeting, and he went full Danish. At the drop of a hat, just, you know, he went from English to Danish just like that, like nothing. And he said a lot. I don't, to this day, don't know what he said. I don't think any of us know what he said except for that Danish guy in front of him. But that was hilarious. And him taking the phone call, I can, I assume he he had the microphone away from him, so we couldn't really tell what he was saying until, uh, you know, he, he got back on the mic saying, sorry, we were dealing with this, this, this. But I assume he went full Danish for that phone call as well. I don't know. In my in my head canon, he did. But that was kind of sweet and funny because he, he literally stopped the interview uh, midway through and go, "Oh shit, my wife is calling. Hang on, just a second. And he takes the call, and it wasn't even rude. He was just kind of like, "No, no, no. I just if my wife calls, I answer. That's just that's just how that's how we roll." I get it. I get it. Good for you, man. Good on you. And he he discussed what the role is meant to him and what the show is meant to him and everybody. And he defended, and I'm so glad he did this. He defended uh, Dan and Dave, the showrunners, and you know because he he's well aware of what the internet chatter is. And what he said that I thought was really funny is you guys don't realize that Dan and Dave they listen they hear what you're saying they read this stuff they go to the you know the different sites the message boards what have you the twitter like they they pay attention they know what's going on they know what you're saying and he defended them he goes look i understand you might not like a particular thing but look here's here's the thing you have to understand no one is a bigger fan of this stuff than those two guys. The last thing they want to do is completely destroy this thing that they helped create 
this this phenomenon, this this convention that exists because of the work they did. The last thing I want to do is, you know, give everyone a bad experience. But he, but, but he also said they knew they weren't going to be able to please everybody because that's just not what happens. You know, in storytelling, you can't you can't just give everybody the happy fairy tale ending because that's just not the way it goes. And this is not the show. This show is not the kind to have such a thing. But really, if you want to look at the show from a different point of view, it kind of does have the happy fairy tale ending. Depending on the perspective. If you look at it from a strictly House Stark perspective, House Stark won. I mean, granted, they have been our main characters throughout. They are the perspectives of which we are viewing the show. It's it's been House Stark from the beginning. And by the time it's over, House Stark is the biggest house left standing. And rightfully so, that house has been through the ringer, if you've been paying attention to the show. But I liked what Nikolai said. He just, he, he laid it out for you. Without being a dick, he just laid it out for you. Like, look, stop talking shit about these guys, because without these guys, we don't have this show. And this show has been amazing. You can agree that the show is amazing. You would not be at that convention if the show was not amazing to you. If you didn't enjoy this, and I was really hoping he would he would make a uh, a shady comment like I would had I been on that stage, in saying, "Boy, if you really hated the ending to the show, I don't know how you're gonna feel about the books because uh, <laughs> you might uh, see some familiar things." But he's a he's a much better man than I am. He didn't go there. He didn't go there. Uh, he was very sweet. I actually, uh, he was, uh, the one celebrity I, I went up to, uh, got his autograph, got a picture of him and I got to talk to him one-on-one. I, you know, and I told him, I said, look, man, I, I love what you do. Love what you do on the show. You've been great. Your arc has been my favorite arc in, of any character. Uh, but I gotta say you were amazing in shot caller. <laughs> and I got to I got to tell him that to his face, and he just because I I felt like I don't know I just I feel like not enough people tell him, and he looked at me and he kind of smiled and he's just like oh yeah, I said yes you are amazing that movie and that movie is great more people need to talk about it. He just kind of laughed. He's like oh man thank you yeah I, we had a lot of fun making that movie and just, it was a good time. I said well yeah and, and I'm I'm gonna do my best to. Uh, spread the word and I hope to see you in, you know, roles like that uh, in the future or, you know, role, roles that are comparable. Couldn't have been nicer about it. Could not have been nicer. Uh, you know, got to meet a lot of crazy uh, good artists that, uh, you know, the, the ones that make portraits, hand drawing, uh, uh, the ones that make uh, you know, the the leather works, you know all your all your convention uh, medieval times sort of cosplay wear. Got a picture on the Iron Throne wearing a Baratheon crown because House Baratheon forever, and uh, yeah, 
and had a lot of drinks. A lot of good times, a lot of drinks, family feud. All in all, a fun time. The only thing that could have made it better is if I had been able to get on one of those panels, but I just ran out of time. I couldn't get my name, I couldn't throw my name in the hat in time. But that would have been an awesome, you know. Uh, if you have a favorite uh, Game of Thrones, Song of Ice and Fire uh, YouTube reviewer or, you know, theorist or something of the, that nature, chances are they were there at the convention. I kept I kept seeing people pop up and I go, oh, that's you. Oh, uh, Gray Area was there. I mean, just so many people. And apparently, I learned this is not... Con of Thrones is not the only Game of Thrones convention around. There is uh, a Con of Ice and Fire that uh, a few people were telling me all about and saying they were imploring me to go to that. I believe it takes place in Ohio. Uh, Probably, I think it's in the fall season. I'll have to do my research on that. But that could be fun. That could be a lot of fun, and uh, who knows? I might, I might uh, be this. This might be my regular kind of convention. Uh, I might become a regular. Who knows? Still weighing that. Still weighing those on. I would. I would like to be on the panels for these conventions, though. So, if I can find a way to do that, I guess it just means I'm going to have to make more podcasts and you know more shows, episodes about uh, the nerdy things that I love more consistently, and hopefully get a you know grow my audience so that I'll be able to do it. That would be nice. That would be nice uh, to get some help from that. Looking at you, audience member. <laughs> no pressure. It's fine. <clears throat> so yeah, Con of Thrones was a success. I had a uh, had a good time. Uh, spent a lot of time at the Music City Center. Uh, that uh, oh, that reminds me, I have to. Um, I completely flubbed on one of the last episodes. I mentioned that uh, Con of Thrones was going to take place at uh, the Opryland Hotel. That's where it was the first year. It did not take place there this year. This, it was at the new uh, Music City S- Convention Center. Uh, which is, I see why they moved it. <laughs> More space, uh, and they needed the space, and they still had some space to go around. Only problem is, it's right there, right on the one street over from Broadway. So I mean, it's just kind of like the foot traffic and the tourism just is just abound, and you know I. I get my fair being a native from Nashville I, I get my fair share of that already I don't need any more to deal with but it is what it is and then you throw a convention on top of it and it's just kind of oh boy but I had a good time and I had a great time meeting uh everyone that I met hanging out with all everyone that I met uh just uh yeah it was yeah, I got no uh, no complaints, no complaints at all. Not well, other than the ones I mentioned at the top. It's fine. Would I go back? Damn right, and probably will. I'm assuming that the next year will be all about promoting uh, the spinoff show, 
or promoting, you know, whatever else. I don't know. There's a lot can happen in a year. But that was Con of Thrones. And that was, uh, you know, the Con of Thrones and the wedding all in a nutshell. I had a great time at both. Uh, just uh, surrounded by things and people that I love. And that's helpful. That's very helpful when you're... Uh, when you feel like uh, you're alone all the time. <laughs> Not that I'm lonely. I'm just like, you know, it, there, are, there are times where I go like, you know, wish I didn't have to do this stuff on my own. I did go to the convention on my own, but made friends, so it was all good. It goes back to the last episode. When I talk about companionship, I go, you know, I keep thinking it would be nice it would be nice to have that companion with me all the time. Maybe. Maybe one day. Maybe sooner than I think. So that's that. But that is not the end of the show. We will, uh, we're going to take a quick break. And when I come back, we're going to talk about some of the other things that have happened. Like, uh, hey, we got a new Spider-Man movie. The MCU is rolling forward. And we doubled down on that because now we are post-Comic-Con in San Diego of 2019. And guess what? Marvel had a huge panel. We're going to talk about that when we return to Mark Talk. All right, and welcome back. To Mark Talk, and now on the happy and excited notes, we have to end on a sour bummer note. Now I was going to give you the uh, the basically my my review rundown of the uh, latest Spider-Man film, Far From Home, what I thought about it, uh, uh, the the overall how I feel about uh, where the uh, the MCU is going as far as Spider-Man is concerned, but I'll be honest with you, it's kind of hard to do that because at the uh, time of this recording, it has now been uh, confirmed that the deal between Sony and Spider-Man, uh, or I'm sorry, the deal between Sony and Marvel Studios on uh, using Spider-Man for each other's movies and having input on each other's movies, that deal that was put into place a few years ago is now gone. And was there a renewal? No, there was not. No renewal. Now, there's uh, at, at first it's like, okay, so the deal felt the deal ran out of time, and so. No deal, no uh, no movies together. I, I get it, but as it turns out, there seems to be the f- fault on both sides here, and it's really hard to see who's the bad guy and who's the good guy. And if you ask me, it's both. So Marvel, uh, or actually Disney in this case, because uh, the way I understand it, uh, Kevin Feige and Marvel Studios, they didn't really have much say in this matter. But because Disney owns pretty much everything else, Disney said, okay, look, here's the thing. We'll renew the deal, but 
we want half. We want half the earnings now. Like we want, uh, it's got to be fifty percent now because, well, frankly, your last two movies uh, they they don't work without us. And Sony said, half is too much. We'll we'll stick to the original plan, which was I don't know, uh, pick a small percentage. We'll stick to that, and uh, we'll keep uh, business as usual. Yeah, because uh, you know we don't. We don't need you, technically. We could do Spider-Man on our own. And Disney said, yeah, because that works out so well for you before. No, no, no. We want half. We're entitled to it. We're entitled because we're making these movies... We're making billions of dollars from from these movies. And you need us. You came to us for help. You need... Or you came to Marvel Studios for help. You need us. So we want half. Sony said, screw you, we don't need it. We don't need you. We're, we're doing just fine on our own. With We got a Venom uh, universe. Look how much money Venom made. And you know what? Uh, uh, Morbius the Living Vampire is going to be even more successful. And we, we can do Spider-Man on our own. Look what we did with Into the Spider-Verse. Huh? We don't need you. Peace out. We're done. Disney said, okay, fine. We're done. Calls up Marvel. Alright, uh, bad news. We don't got Spider-Man no more, so you guys figure out your stuff without him. Great. Just great. Am I angry about this? Yes. Do I get it? Yeah, I do. On both sides. On both sides, I get it. Are both sides being ridiculous? You're damn right they are. But I get it. It's one side's greed and the other the other side being too stubborn. I just I the problem is and let me just say right now that if I start talking about Far From Home there will be spoilers. Now I have to. I wasn't going to, but now I have to. I have to talk about spoilers because literally Far From Home does not work without the events of Endgame happening. The movie literally takes place right after Endgame. The whole plot centers around the events of Endgame, the events of Captain America Civil War, in which we are introduced to this version of Spider-Man. What I'm saying is, without the MCU, this movie doesn't happen. And the way this movie ends leaves one to be desired. What's going to happen to Spider-Man now that, again, spoilers, now that he has been outed as Peter Parker? Now that we see that the Scrolls have been impersonating Nick Fury and Maria Hill, while Nick Fury is up in space... Putting up, uh, you know, building sword the uh, the shield, the basically the shield counterpart that handles all the intergalactic stuff. Now we know that. How do we move forward in Peter Parker's story if he's no longer a part of this universe? The answer is you can't. You've already established that his whole characterization comes from the fact that. Tony Stark was his mentor. That happy 
Hogan is his mentor. Kind of a mentor, you know. He's had he's he's fought with the Avengers. He survived the uh well, I mean, after the Infinity War. I you know what? The whole the whole thing with Thanos, that's the Infinity War. That's what I'm going to say. He died and came back from it and lived through the last battle. He's been through a lot in these uh just in the a few short movies. And now, how do you continue his story with even just his solo films when you can't incorporate the MCU? It doesn't work. It doesn't work at all. So now Sony just thinks, oh, you know what? When we're going to make our Spider-Man movie, it'll be its own thing and we won't have any, uh, uh, we won't have any ties to the MCU. We'll just, we'll just make it up as we go. Great, because that worked out so well for you before in the last franchise and the one before it. I just don't get it. I don't, I don't, Sony just play ball. All they had to do was play ball. They were still going to make plenty of money. They could still do whatever they wanted with the, the, this Venom franchise that they have going. They could have done whatever they wanted with the Spider-Verse animated stuff because that went really well. And that has potential to be a phenomenon in and of itself. But no, they, they, they don't, they don't want to play ball. They don't like making money. They, Spider-Man Far From Home literally just made a billion dollars and Sony just thought, you know what? That's not good enough. Uh, we, uh, you know, we, we, cause we still had to dish out to Marvel and now Marvel wants half. Well, not to be that guy, but they kind of earned it. I'm sorry, but they do, and I like I get it. I know, I know the the hipster thing now is to say, oh well, yeah, you 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 just want uh, another big corporation to have have all the money, don't you? Well, yeah, yes, I do, because these movies are great. I love them, and they work. What has Sony done to deserve half of the earnings? that Marvel Disney has earned, huh? I thought Venom was awful. Why that thing made 800 million over I I I don't know, but hey, it worked for him. Spider-Verse I thought was great. Didn't nearly make as much money as it should have. But the only reason why that was great is the fact that the bigwigs stayed out of it because they didn't believe in the project. They thought Whatever. If this fails, no big loss because we still got the live action franchise working. Thanks in very big part to Marvel Studios, but you know, they just kind of keep that part quiet. They couldn't have predicted how well Spider-Verse worked. So now actually, that I think of it that way, I worry about what Spider-Verse is going to look like if they continue it with too many hands in the pot. You know what happened last time there were too many hands in the pot? We got Spider-Man 3. We got The Amazing Spider-Man 2. You know, enough said about that. So I worry. I worry for Spider-Verse. I worry for uh, the next Tom Holland Spider-Man movie. And not only that, John Watts, the director who did 
both Spider-Man movies that we just got, he's out. He's not coming back for a third one. If I had to take a guess, I'd say, well, because if I were to do a third one, it would literally depend on the stuff we've already built in and around Spider-Man within the Marvel Cinematic Universe. And now that he's out of it, I got nothing. And you got nothing. Biggest loser is us, the audience. And I'm just so irritated by it. You had such a great thing going. And now, I mean, who knows what now? It's frustrating. It's upsetting. But it is what it is, I guess. I don't know what else to say about it. Did I enjoy Far From Home? I did. I enjoyed the hell out of it. But you cannot watch it without experiencing uh, Endgame. Without experience, uh, experiencing the, the MCU altogether. Because it's a cohesive story. And it was an interesting way to end the, the Phase 3 uh, set of movies. Now, Endgame feels like the perfect ending to that whole saga... And in a way it is, but the end of Phase 3 happens with Spider-Man Far From Home. And the way they end it, it just, it, it brings up so many more questions of, oh my god, how, how do they go forward? But that was exciting. Now we're sitting here going, oh my god, how do they go forward? And it's a bad thing. We're hitting the panic button, at least as far as Spider-Man's concerned. But here's the part where I put away all my my nerd anger and my pessimism. I put it aside for just a second. I, 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 I hold it. It's like an overflowing closet and you're just holding the door. Holding the door steady so it'll close. This is what I'm doing with all my pessimism and my anger and, and my frustration. I'm holding that door. Here we go. Here's a little bit of uh, optimism. We're not going to get an Avengers movie for quite some time. Which means there is the possibility that Disney and Sony could work this out. They could find a way to work this out. We could still get Tom Holland back. It's possible. There's time to make it work. But this is... It's going gonna, it's gonna to be a process probably going to be a long process and to be quite frank I don't think uh, Kevin Feige and Marvel Studios has the time to wait it out so they're not going to worry about it if I know Kevin's mind the way I think I know I think he's already predicted this moment was going to happen and he's going you know what okay fine that's a huge dent but I know a way around it here's our timeline here's where we go let's get to it and it's true. I mean, they they doubled down uh, 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 in the time of this recording. D23 has now happened. And they announced more Marvel shows for the Disney Plus Network. We're getting Moon Knight. We're getting She-Hulk. We're getting Miss Marvel. On top of the other shows they announced 
back at Comic-Con, which we knew we were getting. So, it's going to be crazy. They're not uh, short of characters whatsoever, no. Would it have been nice, though, to have uh, something included for Spider-Man? Yes, because Spider-Man... We can have this argument all you want, but the poster child for Marvel Comics has been and always will be Spider-Man. When you think of Marvel, his face is probably the one you should think of. Uh, These days, I'm sure people think of, uh, you know, Iron Man or the Avengers logo or something, but Spider-Man. It's Spider-Man. For for Marvel uh, as a whole. But now, well... I just don't know. I don't know what they do. I don't know how they go forward with it. Uh, that just seems like a huge gap in the story that I don't know if they can necessarily bridge over. But what do I know? This is why I guess I'm not in the biz. But this is just this is just a very uh, this is a fan who cares who is speaking out his frustration. I think it's a bummer. They couldn't come up with a, a good deal uh, that we don't get to have Spider-Man go forward in the MCU. It's a bummer for Tom Holland, and he was very visibly upset, apparently, according to uh, the people who were there at D23 when he showed up. He was he did not look happy. He did not sound happy. And uh, and honestly, I don't think the Sony people enjoyed that very much. So he he's had to uh, backtrack some statements and sort of kind of uh, put on a, a, a more optimistic face about, oh, I'm so excited for the future. It's like, no, you're not. Be honest. No, you're not. Because none of us are. But this could be a blessing in disguise. Maybe we get introduced to uh, or reintroduced to characters that otherwise might have been lost in the static of it all. Maybe this is how we get Daredevil back. Or the Punisher. Or, you know, some other street-level superheroes in Marvel that they could use. Look at, like I said, they are not in short for characters. There's plenty. Maybe this is how uh, we sort of uh, backdoor pilot in the new Fantastic Four. We're not going to see X-Men for quite some time. They're going to let that one kind of uh, not dive. They're just they're going to put that in, uh, the X-Men stuff in a coma for a while. The exception may be being Deadpool. Because that franchise obviously works and the last thing they want to do is 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 put a a halt on any of that. But then again, maybe they will. Deadpool's not exactly family friendly, so eh, we'll see. But it would have been nice to have the interaction of Tom Holland and Ryan Reynolds together on screen as their respected characters. Now, well, just doesn't look likely. But I hope that I eat my words on that. I hope, I hope something can be done about this. So that's my uh, my my rant about Spider-Man and how I'm going to miss Tom Holland. And look, if we never see Tom Holland in the MCU again, here's what I'll say. You, sir, were 
the best. The absolute epitome of Peter Parker on screen than we've ever seen before, and we shall probably never see his like again. Not in the live action format. And that's no disrespect to uh, Tobey Maguire or Andrew Garfield, you know, with all due respect, but it's Tom Holland. It's absolutely, for Peter Parker, it's Tom Holland. And I appreciate all that uh, all that he did as far as performance-wise, capturing the character as well as he did, making us laugh, making us cry. Ugh, it sucks. This sucks. <laughs> as a fan, this sucks. But there is much to look forward to, as I mentioned. Uh, you know, the Comic-Con uh, presentations and the D23 presentations, they, they gave us a lot to uh, yearn for the future over. Uh, we are going to be neck deep in Marvel content more than we already are very, very soon. Uh, the, the, uh, uh, the Disney Plus Networks is supposed to hit in November uh, with The Mandalorian as the special uh, uh, promotional material content that we're going to get. I've never been more excited about any Star Wars content in my life than this show. It's about a bounty hunter who looks like Boba Fett, but he's definitely not Boba Fett because he's actually doing stuff, and it looks cool. It looks awesome. They've got a great team of people behind it. They've got a great cast put together for this thing. I mean, this just looks awesome. This just looks like a crazy, cool sci-fi adventure. I am excited for it, and I know the Star Wars fans have got to be excited for it. Then again, maybe not. I don't know. Star Wars is so divided right now with the fan community. It's kind of dumb. But it is what it is. The fan community can sometimes be toxic. And the fan community can sometimes be exhausting. And all of the above. And I know I'm no uh, exception to it. But it's just... It gets overwhelming sometimes. That even I, a passionate fan, have to take a step back and just breathe. And just not talk about things for a while. One of the many reasons why this episode is coming at you so late. Again, apologies for that. But you stuck with me. You stuck it out. You 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 asked some of you out there anyway. Asked what's going on with it. Where am I getting? When am I getting uh, the new Mark talk? Well, now you've got it. And uh, and I say this all the time, but I'm gonna do my damnedest to make sure I get more consistent with these episodes. Maybe the episodes need to be shorter. Maybe when I just have something to say really really quickly, I'll record it upload it. There you go. You got something for the day. And uh, that'll allow me to do it multiple times. So you're never short on content. But you have my word. I will work on that. Barring no technical difficulties and that I don't get overwhelmed with other life things. There you have it. So uh, with on that note, I'm going to... I'm going to close this episode of Mark Talk. I, there's there's not too much else I can really say without repeating myself about the uh, the Sony Disney uh, fiasco. Uh, so I'll leave you with this. Uh, be sure to follow me on Twitter and Instagram at MarkTheBat. There's also the Mark Talk podcast on Instagram. 
And also, be on the lookout on Twitter. Uh, I am a part of a new movie trivia fan league called the Movie Trivia Face-Off. And Mark the Maniac is very sure to be making his uh, debut as soon as possible. Uh, There's already been some rumblings. There's already been some things uh, going down. And I am very, very happy to be a part of this new league. Movie trivia is my jam. It was only a matter of time before I could finally uh, uh, stretch my muscles uh, in this particular realm. And I'm happy to say that I am doing that. So be on the lookout for that. Movie trivia face-off. Also, the Full Metal Trivia and Multiplex Entertainment Leagues as well. You can catch me there talking about all the nerdy things or doing movie trivia because that's what I love to do. And as always, I appreciate your love and support, your kind words, uh, and thank you for forgiving me when I go on nerdy tirades that you literally don't care about, but you listen to anyway because you support me. I enjoy you. That's all for Mark Talk, and I was going to come up with a very clever sign-off, but I got nothing, so I'll just say goodbye, thank you, come again.